Hi, and welcome to Transparent with Tina. I'm Tina Marks, your host. Today's guest is a very special guest, but I wasn't always able to say that about her. You're going to find out when we come back. Welcome back. So today's guest is me. Uh, and the reason that I introduced myself that way was because for, I would say, probably half of my life, I did not feel like um, a special person. In fact, I felt the opposite. I felt like I, you know, didn't contribute anything. I didn't feel like I was capable. I didn't feel like I was worthy. There was a point where I really just wanted to be invisible. Um, in fact, I remember when growing up, I wanted to be a singer and um, uh, when I actually got the chance to be on stage to sing a song after I'd gone through like this singing camp, I chose Alison Moyer's um, Invisible. Um, anyway, so my life is a far cry from that today. And I am so grateful and so thankful. And that's one of the reasons I do this show to inspire and help others and encourage others, motivate others. Uh, if I could be here, you can achieve your dreams as well. So today, we're going to do th something a little different. Of course, I'm my own guest, and we are doing a question and answer today by uh, guests that have written in, and we're just going to get right to it. So our first question is, let's see, um, is this a, we've heard, all heard about the pandemic uh, COVID, everybody wants to know, in my opinion, there is something called the plandemic. Okay. So, uh, in case you haven't heard that expression, everybody, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of things, videos circulating, um, a lot of controversial, uh, theories that this is not on accident, that it was planned. That's why it's called the plandemic. Um, and it's for greed, power, government control, uh, insinuating that we're going into a um, one world, uh, what's it called? One world, oh, there goes my ADD and my some timers. Uh, one, world, one world order, right? One world order, right? So, um, and you know what? I've listened to these videos that have been sent to me. I love to be open-minded. Um, I have, was raised a Democrat, um, but actually at this point in my life, I'm just for the person that resonates with me the most and the issues at hand. So um, what, I, what I have been seeing and experiencing, which I think is in complete opposite of what is good for us as a nation and whole, is you get somebody from, let's say, uh, you know, one party or the other party, you put those two in a room and, you know, they're like going to kill each other, okay? Both of them adamantly thinking that their opinion is correct, uh, and I can see why, because it, it, it depends on what you're listening to and what you're watching. Um, you're going to be thoroughly convinced that you are in the right. And, you know, I have my own experience in that with uh, natural medicine as opposed to big pharma, which I'm not going to go into right now. But I can see how this, how people can get all fired up about this and passionate about that, which is a great thing. 
However, you know, I, I did a video the other day um, about the serenity prayer, which in case you don't know it, it's God, give me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Okay. So the wisdom to know the difference. Okay. So if you, if your um, political person is not in office right now, that is something you cannot change. Okay. Going around being angry at everybody or anybody you can talk to, um, you know, just spewing words of negativity is not going to help the situation. Okay. The only thing that's going to cure everything is love and um, compassion and patience and tolerance. So asking me what I think about the pandemic, it doesn't really matter. You know, there are certain things about this theory that absolutely resonate with me, especially because it is um, correlated to a lot of parts of the Bible, you know, the timing and exactly what the, the Bible says. So for me, um, I am whatever is resonating the most with me. Um, that is kind of my truth. And uh, whatever is your truth, I suggest that that would be, you know, rather than listening to the media, you know, once you gain access to your intuition, um, and mine is very, very strong. So I, I don't mistrust my intuition anymore. So that's usually the correct answer for me. So answer, if there's a pandemic, don't know, pandemic, don't know. It is what it is. It's here. Let's deal with it. Let's stop being angry. Let's move forward and do what you can do and, um, and, and let the rest go. Okay. Second question is, um, how and when do you get your best ideas? Good question. Actually, I get uh, my best ideas is when I'm exercising and when I'm sleeping. I know it sounds kind of strange when I'm sleeping. And especially this last year, uh, I feel like I'm awake more than I'm sleeping during my sleeping hours. Um, and for those of you that do get inspirational ideas when you're sleeping, I highly suggest that you get up have a pen and paper by your bed and write them down. I know it's a pain in the ass because you know what? I should practice what I preach. But now knowing that these ideas are directly from source, God, whatever you want to call it, your spirit is calling you, you know, and it makes sense because this is the time when you're sleeping that your, your conscious mind is not taken over your responsibilities, everything, your to-do list, everything that you have to get done during the day. You know, your mind is so busy that, you know, the creativity and, and, and your intuition kind of get pushed to the back burner. So oftentimes that's the only time it can be heard. So, uh, like I said, it's been coming in, the night before last, I woke up at 1.30 and honestly, just might as well have just gotten up and, and started my day at that point because I never did really go back to sleep. I was filled with amazing ideas. And um, so if you too are being, if you're, you're having great ideas in the middle of the night, a thought and thinking, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll get to it in the morning. Uh, think again, because that, that your, your time lapses has, is, is going to be gone. You, you won't remember it. Trust me. So uh, let's see. Question number three. Would you give your partner a hall pass? Would I give my partner a partner a hall pass? Well, I don't have a partner. I've had bar partners, boyfriends, that is. I'm you know, not gay. I usually gay means partner, but just to be clear, and I'm, I'm all for love no matter who it is. 
Uh, would I give my boyfriend partner a hall pass? The answer has always been absolutely no. I am a Scorpio and we, uh, I'm a true Scorpio and I've always believed that it is a direct attack to my integrity as a, as a human being. And, um, having said that I've also lived my life in absolutes, very black or very white. And I am, um, shifting and choosing to live my life more in the gray. In fact, I was talking to my beautiful niece the other day who uh, we were talking about the word gray, and I can't let this out because it's a secret, but we were just talking about the gray and that she and her husband live their lives in, in the gray. So, you know, when I got that question today, I was thinking to myself, hmm, well, you know, Tina, you, you, you know, when something's not working, absolutes really don't work that well. Of certain things it does, but sometimes I just feel like I, I cut off my own nose to spite my face because I am so absolute. So I'm thinking, well, maybe I should live a little bit more in the gray, um, you know, when I'm thinking about that question. Uh, so my answer is, it's still no. And, you know, in case my future husband out there is watching, don't think you're going to get a hall pass. Answers, no. (laughs) Okay, let's see. Okay, are you single? And if so, how's your dating life? Yes, I am single. Uh, Dating life is definitely interesting in the pandemic. Uh, Not like it's already awkward anyway, but uh, I don't know anybody that loves to date. Maybe there are some people that wouldn't be me. Uh, so uh, it's seen that I work from home uh, and there is a pandemic. I'm not really out and about. So online dating seems to be like the option for me right now. And um, it's not very organic. It's a li- very awkward. Uh, and here's, here's the thing. And, and here's the dichotomy here. Um, I've always been the type of person I know within a couple seconds being in your space, whether I'm attracted to you or not. And that is not, let me repeat, that is not based on aesthetics. It's not because you're either hot or you're not, because I have examples where I have felt that attraction in the first couple of seconds. And, you know, the man was just not aesthetically attractive, but there was something that was pulling me towards him. So I've also talking about absolutes and black and white. uh, I'm either in or I'm out. I, there's no, there's not a lot of gray when I first uh, start dating somebody or my will to date somebody. And um, so, so I, when I do feel it, um, it does have a tendency to go very quickly. And I'm being very, very conscious at this point in my life to not get carried away with that because I do believe in my experience, um, going too quickly when you first start dating can lead to um, unnecessary um, heartache. But what's really interesting, I was talking to my hairdresser and we talk about all kinds of things. And he's always saying, you know, have you met anybody yet? And so I was t- telling him about this, this theory or wh- however you want to call it, what I just explained to you about, you know, I'm either attracted right away or I'm not. And he says, well, you're not really giving that person a chance. I mean, you don't really know that person. And I said, well, yeah, but if I'm not attracted to them, I'm not feeling that pull. I don't have the desire to get to know them. But he did get me thinking because I'm sitting there saying, he says, well, but maybe if you gave them enough time and you found out who they were, then maybe you would become attracted to them. 
And I'm not going to say that I've never tried that, but I got to be honest with you, it's never worked. I mean, I've gone, well, I don't really feel anything, so I'll go on the second date. Well, okay, I'll give it one more time, and I, I got to be honest with you, it's never worked. So um, uh, I, I think it's a great idea. Not saying not to do it, you know, not saying I never will do it again, but it's hard when you're not feeling that pull to just spend more and more time. And the one thing that you can't get back of is more time. Okay. That's the most precious thing. Time and energy is the most precious thing you have, which I don't have a lot of. So I don't have a lot of patience or tolerance either in case you guys haven't noticed. Okay. Let's see. What's the next question here? Um, Let's see. Let's see. I see you're a single mom and you have a great teenager. Any tips you can share? How long do you have? (laughs) It's important to laugh at yourself. Uh, Let's see. Okay. Yes, my son and I have a beautiful, outstanding, rocking relationship right now. He's going to be 17 this Sunday, actually. Uh, If you were to talk to me a year or so ago... Uh, wasn't, wasn't that way. Um, you know, the relationship that you go through, depending upon the sex of your child, because he was going through that, you know, it was all about his dad type thing. And no matter what I did, I didn't understand. And, you know, and it was very frustrating to me. And, you know, I had to learn to back off because my initiative was to go forward. And, you know, whether it's your son or it's your friend or it's boyfriend, girlfriend, just to, just so y'all know, the laws of physics is if somebody's coming forward at you too much, that person's tendency is going to back up. Okay. Even if they don't want to, it's just laws of physics. So, you know, I realized this. So I started backing up and, and allowing him his space. And sure enough, he did, he did, you know, come forward. It was also the age, you know, him getting a little bit older too. Um, but if there's any thing that I can share of saying having the the best relationship you possibly can with your your kids are um, number one is um, trust. I always said to Morgan, I said, listen, no matter what you've done, I will always love you. Okay. Uh, But just don't lie to me. Okay. So no matter what you've done, you might have consequences depending upon what it is that you've done, but they're going to be a lot harder if you lie to me. So, you know, from an early age, I mean, he breaks something. I didn't have to find it. He'd come to me, you know, with it in his hand saying, sorry, mom, I broke it. I mean, never got punished. I mean, that cute little face, you know, I mean, I'm thinking what a sweet child. So I would say, you know, just being, you know, trust is the most important thing and, and, and letting them know that it's okay to come to you that they still may get punished, but it's going to be a lot worse if they aren't. Because, you know, if you don't have trust, what, no matter what relationship, blanket statement, you don't have anything as far as I'm concerned. And the other thing I would do, because I was a single mom since he's five and a half months is, uh, and I'm telling you those first several years, uh, I, was, I was sharing this with my niece too. I said, cause she's, um, she's going to have a child. And, um, I said, the first couple of years, I think I was just trying to keep him alive. I mean, <laughs> I was so freaked out and, you know, I was, I was, you know, trying to be head of house all in my house and him and work and all that. And so I would be in the same space. We'd be in the house, but I was not giving him my undivided attention. And I noticed he started um, to misbehave. And I think it was just whether he was consciously realized that or not, it was, um, you know, he was trying to get attention. You've heard of the expression, um, attention, you know, bad attention is better than no attention. So 
you know, what I find is really important is for you to spend quality, which that means is undivided attention, um, even if it's just a little bit every single day, rather than a lot of time around your child, but you're multitasking and you kind of only have like part of your attention on them. They feel it. They know it. They're not stupid. Even when they're children, they can feel that. So uh, when, you, when you're going to be there with them, you're going to talk to them, just undivided attention. Absolutely. And, and three, you know what? Let them be themselves. You know, uh, Deepak Chopra, I think it was Chopra that had, and I, I took this with me, said, you know, when his kids were little, he never tried to control one way or the other of the direction of their life or what they should, you know, look to doing when they get older. He said, all I want you to do, I don't even want, uh, I don't care if you get straight A's in school. Um, you know, I don't care which profession you pick. All I want is for you to go, you know, pick something that you can't wait to get up in the morning to do. You know, you're just passionate about it. And don't worry about the money. Don't worry if it's going to be a good paying job and it's not. And if it gets to the point where you become an adult and you can't support yourself, I will support you. And I think that was just such great advice because you know what? I think too many people out there are in jobs that they chose because of the money and they're unhappy. And you know what? No amount of money can replace happiness. Okay. So, and I've also found that when you're doing what you love, the money generally follows. So that's my answer for child tips. How do you know when something is your purpose and how do you persevere? Good question. Uh, I know, for example, this show has been on my heart for 25 years. Yes, 25 years. This is not my first go around. This might be the first time you're seeing or hearing my voice. But the the original idea started 25 years ago. And um, 10 years ago, I started doing local shows on the local NBC affiliate and the local Fox affiliate. And um, trial and error, trial and error. I think I've shared this with a lot of you. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I was passionate about it and I ran out of money. And that really set me back. I really thought I was done. I'm like, okay, I've got to go get a real job now. You know, I, I and I went in, back into coaching, which I love too. But you know what? You know when it's your purpose, when it keeps coming back, no matter what. I mean, you think, I mean, I'm not a dum-dum, okay? But I'm like, you know what? It's on my heart. I know that this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to get this message out to encourage other people, to empower other people, to inspire other people through other people's stories. I know that I didn't have my uh, story for no reason. I had the, the story that I have to... Um, instill in others that you too can make a change, um, that nothing's impossible. And if you've got a dream, go after it. Uh, it's, it's not there temporarily. If, if, if it's staying with you, it's something that you need to bring to fruition, which again, like I said, this is what this show is all about. I bring on guests that, 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 you know, tell you how they found their purpose, the struggles they've had to endure. So hopefully with one of my guests, you have identified and resonated and it's given you some ideas and just given you a little bit more of a push in that direction. Because you know what? The, one of the worst things is, is to, to die with a lot of potential inside of you. That is the worst feeling in the world. Okay. And my last question is, why do you think it's so important to be transparent? 
Okay. So the reason I named my show Transparent with Tina was I found that most of my heartache came from me not embracing who I truly was. I would embrace, like I've said this before, I would embrace all the socially acceptable things about me. And then the things that needed healing, um, I would either lie about or I would just leave it out of the equation, which by the way, is another form of lying. And um, it was this up, down, up, down. And, you know, shame and guilt are the, the, the bottom of the scale on the emotional scale. You can't feel any worse about yourself if you're feeling shame or guilt. And every time I wasn't telling the truth, every time I wasn't honest with myself or other people, I felt a little bit more guilt and a little bit more shame. Well, you know, it starts to stack up. I mean, in the beginning, when you're younger, it's not that big of a deal. But, you know, when you start to get uh, to my age and you haven't healed that, let it go, made some changes, become transparent, done something to make it where you can um, accept yourself, it's going to become more miserable and more miserable. It's not going to get any easier, any better. So what I found, I mean, there's this expression that says, if, if you have nothing to hide, you hide nothing. Okay. And I loved that saying. And I thought to myself, you know, I want to be, it's not that there's not things that I always have to work on, but I want to be transparent because it keeps me accountable. It keeps me accountable. It keeps me away from not telling the truth to others or myself. Because if I'm transparent, then I am completely acceptable. And even if it's stuff that maybe things I would have been, you know, feeling shameful about years ago, um, I realized that, you know, we're all perfectly imperfect. Okay. Nobody's perfect. And by sharing things that maybe that, that are not perfect within myself, I can help other people because, you know, that's the only way other people are going to identify and then feel less shame about themselves. They hear me telling a story um, and they identify or they've been through it themselves, then it's going to allow them to be more accepting of themselves. But I think that's the problem right now, you know, with social media, um, especially uh, it's a great tool. I'm on it a lot. Let me tell you, it's a great tool, but, we also have play that comparison game and most people really just show all the great things in their life, getting engaged, going on vacation, you know, uh, buying something new and, and people it, it can feel really helpless when they see that because they think that's their life. And what's wrong with me? Why is my life not like, like this? And you know what? Remember, they're not showing you their whole hand. Okay. I'm showing you my whole hand. I continue to show you my whole hand. That is like my promise to you. And that's what my guests, that's why, you know, when I interview guests and I just interviewed another one today and I said, really, that's the only uh, prerequisite to be on my show is that you are transparent uh, enough to be able to share that with my viewers, you know, what you went through and how you found your purpose and what it took, because you know what, it's not going to help you guys to hear something that's glossed over because that's not the truth. That's not how people got where they are, okay? Most of the time, it took a lot of hard work, a lot of inner work as well as outer work. And um, so just keep that in mind, okay? Uh, I really hope you guys um, enjoyed this. I did. I, you know, when my social media team said, you know, I said, how long do you want me to talk for? And she said... Um, 
about a half an hour. I said, half an hour <laughs> talking to myself. And I think, let me look here. I think, oh, two minutes away from a half an hour, right on. Maybe I should keep talking for two more minutes. No, anyway. So listen, I'd love to hear your comments about anything that I've talked about today. Good, bad, you know, anything you feel like I can improve upon. Any questions you may have, I'd love to address it. DM me if there's anything that I can do to help you in your life, because that's what I'm here for. I'm here to serve. I'm here to help. And um, God bless all of you. Have a beautiful day.